the story we've been reading all month. We had a, a great work day yesterday. I want to just thank again everybody that came out and served, and I was just blown away. I want to just make a statement this morning that we have the best church in the world. You guys are the best. Amen. I'm serious. You guys, I'm so proud of you. It was like a it was like a, an ant pile around here yesterday in a good way. Amen. People were moving so fast and people were going everywhere and it was just exciting. We were just working so fast. I didn't have time to get no video, but everybody was just all over the place and we just cleaned this place from top to bottom, side to side and got a lot of stuff done for this rally. It starts Wednesday. So it's going to be an exciting week. Amen. And I just want to thank all of you again for being here. As you see that video, I believe that this is a humongous problem for us as people. Um, I believe it so much, what I'm going to talk here about this morning, that literally I could preach it every service. And I'm not just talking about the love your neighbor part. I'm going to talk about something this morning that maybe you don't think about, and that's one I wanted to look at in Matthew chapter 22, verse 34. Give me an amen if you're there. But when the Pharisees heard that he had silenced the Sadducees, they gathered together. And one of them, a lawyer, asked him a question, testing him and saying, Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus said, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment, and the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as what? As yourself. I want you to say that with me. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. There's the problem. There's the problem right there. I want to talk to you for a little bit this morning about the problem of loving myself. Loving myself. We cannot give to somebody else what we do not have ourselves. This is not talked about enough. Now, this is, here's the thing. When we begin to think about this verse, we know so much in our society. We hear things so much a lot of times that we become robotic. We, we do things because we know we're supposed to. We do things because we know we have to. We do things because we know it's right. Many may have come here this morning because we knew it was right to come. Many of us came to church this morning because it's Sunday, and that's what Christians do. And, and we kind of get to where we begin to get, go through the motions of life and do things out of robotic activity and do things out of, I know I'm supposed to do this, but don't really ever realize why we do it. And so we read a verse like this, and it sounds so good, and God says, I want you to love me first, and then I want you to love your neighbor as yourself, and I think that's the problem, because if I don't love myself, how can I love my neighbor? Are y'all with me? I know it's quiet in here, because already, I'm already hitting a nerve, because this is the problem. We live in self-condemnation. We don't understand or sometimes believe totally and fully this word that we're reading, and that's what I'm going to talk about this morning, but we cannot fulfill this commandment of God to love other people until I learn how to make sure that I can give them the love that God has given me. Let me say that again. I cannot give to somebody else what I do not have. It would be crazy for me to walk up to someone this morning and put out my hand and say, hey, do you want one of these? Here, would you like this? Here, take this, take this. this I want to give this to you. 
That would be crazy. That's exactly how Ruth is looking at me. Is exactly how, here, would you take, I want to to give this. Lord, put this on my heart to give this to you. Right? What am I giving him? I didn't ask him for a high five. I didn't ask him to shake my hand. Hey, take this. Man, I really really want to bless you this morning. Here, take this. That's what we do a lot of times when we try to love our neighbors as ourselves because we're trying to give love to somebody else that we don't have ourselves, for ourselves. Now, this is not going so crazy. We know, we know that God's a God of balance, so we're not going over to the fact of, of getting out of balance. But, you know, Proverbs 19.8 says this. How many know Proverbs is a powerful uh, scripture, amen, or powerful book? It says, he who gets wisdom loves his own soul. He who gets wisdom loves his own soul. And, and I, I just really believe this is a challenge because here's the balance. We, we begin to look at the word, and, and I, as I said that, some of you that know the scriptures might begin to think, yeah, but the Bible tells us in Timothy to not be lovers of ourselves. So some of you Bible scholars have already shut me off. Amen. You've already shut me down and said, you're not supposed to love yourself. Well, let's look what the Bible says. Don't ever take a subject and do something out of a, out of a subject uh, or a theme or a decision by just a verse. Get all the counsel of God. If, if Proverbs says, he who gets wisdom loves his own soul, then that would combat the, the attitude of what Timothy is saying, that we're not supposed to be lovers of ourselves, which is obviously meaning that we're not selfish. That we're not uh, self-contained, that we're not uh, prideful, that we're not conceited. But how can I love somebody else if I don't love myself? How, so he would have to basically say, and the second is, you shall love your neighbor. You shall love your neighbor. But it, it's healthy to love my neighbor as myself, but maybe one of the problems with our world today is that we can't love our neighbor because I don't love myself in the right way. So we know that Genesis 1.27 says, God created us in his image. Okay, we're, we're created in the image of God. So that would mean that I have to love myself because God made me the way I am. And then the, what, what would combat that in the word is a known verse in Jeremiah 17.29 that says the heart is deceitful above all things. Who can know it? Who can cure it? So God says I'm created in his image. Yet the heart that I have is horrible and wicked and deceitful above all things. How does this work? How do I do this love thing if there's this, this, this tear on me? And then we go to another. Here's another part of balancing. One of my favorite scriptures in the Bible in, in Psalm 139, verse 14. David says that God says, I am fearfully and wonderfully made. So if I'm fearfully and wonderfully made, I should love myself. I should love the creation that God made. I should love who God made me to be. Are you still, are you still here? That this, and then, but then the word says, on the other side of that, Paul quotes in Romans 7, 18, I know that nothing good lives in me that is my flesh. So here we see these verses combating each other. But if Jesus said in his word that I'm supposed to love my neighbor as myself, That means I've got to get myself right. I've got to get myself in a place and a position. And listen, this is is 
the opposite of condemnation this morning. This is a message to get you to understand how much God loves you. As you begin to watch that video, I, 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 I like to think how people think. I like to get into people's heads. I like to think of what their emotions could be, what they could be going through. And by the way, that's a really good way to, way to minister to people. Find out what people are thinking. Find out what people are going through. That's what we've been talking about this whole month is trying to care trying to take time to look someone in their eyes, trying to take time to listen to somebody's problems, and a lot of times do more than talk because, the, you know what, the, here's the thing at the end of the day. I just want to make a statement here in case I forget to do it later. I can't change any of you, and you can't change me, and you can't change the person next to you, and the person next to you can't change you. You can't change your spouse. I can't change my kids. My kids can't change me. I can't change you. None of us can change each other. There's only one person in this world that can change somebody, and his name is Jesus Christ. He's the only one that can change a person's life. We beat our heads against the wall trying to change our spouse, trying to change our kids, trying to change our neighbor, and we need to first and foremost, we need to change ourselves. We need to change ourselves. But here's the problem. A lot of us are the way we are, not to get you off the hook. I've said that before. Not to justify your mistakes. But a lot of us are the way we are because of how we grew up. And as that video started, I just know immediately some of y'all had a flashback. Especially the part about broccoli. Oh, I don't li I like broccoli, but some of y'all, oh, broccoli. I mean, right now you're still trying to get over that image of mom or dad making you eat broccoli or whatever it is that you don't like. And, and you, you, you grow up with these, these things, these stereotypes. You grow up with these words. Listen, the truth is this morning, it's sad to say, there's a lot of people in here that didn't have a good relationship with their parents. They, they, their, their parents were hard on them. Now I'm going to make a quick plug here because I was going to preach a whole message on this and I may later, but I'm just going to throw this in. You have got to. Say, I have got to. I have to. Without a doubt. No matter what it takes. Go to the movies. You didn't think I was going to say that, did you? And I, not to watch Avengers. Not to watch Black Panther. But to watch... I can only imagine. You have to go see that movie. I'm serious. I've seen a lot of Christian, and, and this is why I know that we're living in the days we're living in where, where the harvest is coming. Because the movies that are coming out right now are so God, so amazing. You've got to go see that movie. I don't endorse a lot of movies. I think it's the best Christian movie I've ever seen. And the reason is, is because it's so real. It's so real. Because so many people deal, and I'm not going to mess it up for you or nothing, but so many people deal with the pain and the heartache of their childhood. Today, right now, you, you might have put the spiritual makeup on this morning. You might have put the spiritual facade on to come into church this morning. But so many of us here are still dealing with things from our pasts. We're still dealing with the way we were treated, the things we didn't have in our lives, things that were missing, things that God did not do. Things that God did not allow. Sin. Life. Real struggles. Come on, somebody. I'm talking to somebody this morning. 
Somebody's going to walk out of here different this morning. Somebody's going to get a revelation from God that the things that are going on in your life right now have to do with a lot of things you haven't dealt with. And you cannot love God and you cannot love your neighbor until you learn to love yourself the way God loves you this morning. Amen? And that's what I want to get into your spirit this morning, that God wants you to love yourself. And so this this movie's so powerful, and I don't think there's probably anybody in here that hasn't heard that song. All-time number one single in Christian music. All-time. Amazing. And all kinds of secular as well. They play it at weddings. There's probably atheists playing at their weddings. Don't even know. Just such a pretty song. But the the, the story, you got to go see it. But the, the, the fact is, is this boy grows up with a horrible past, and God uses his hurts to touch people's lives. So this morning, maybe you can begin to say, man, Pastor, you're talking to me. I'm a a person that's got a lot of hurts. I'm a person that's gone through a lot of stuff. I got a lot of junk in my life. I got a lot of baggage in 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 my life, in my past. But I want to get rid of that baggage. I want to let it go this morning. I want to I want to look I don't want to look in the rearview mirror anymore. I want to start looking out the front of the car. Amen. I want to start looking to the future that God has for me, that Jeremiah says is a future and an expected ending and a hope. I don't want how many know there's a reason why that, that rearview mirror is small. You don't need to look back there very much. You need to look forward. That that windshield's big. And we need to start looking forward. But we do this morning for a few minutes need to look in the in the rearview mirror. Enough to realize why I can't love other people. Because I don't know how to love myself. Amen. First Timothy 1.15 says this. Paul made a powerful statement. He said, this is a faithful saying and and worthy of all acceptance that Jesus Christ came into the world to save sinners of whom I am chief. We need to put ourselves in that place. Paul, Paul wasn't saying that because he really believed he was the worst sinner. He, in, in the sense of he was, he was better at being worse or better at being a sinner, he was making a statement that basically, I know that God came down from heaven for me. I know that God left heaven for me, specifically for me. You know where, the, you know where love starts this morning? Love starts when you begin to believe, because you got to understand, this walk with God is a walk of faith. And you have to believe by faith that God loved the world so much. That he gave his only son, that he came down from heaven and he died on the cross for you. And you've got to understand this morning and not let the devil lie to you anymore. You've got to get in your spirit, in your head, that he would have came just for you. Just for you. If nobody, does anybody believe that this morning? If you were the only one on this earth, he would have came for you. We know that he died for all the sins of the world. And we know that he, that he loves the whole world. But I, you've got you've to make it personal this morning and understand that God loves you. We, we're so good at, at knowing I've got to love somebody else. I've got to love my neighbor. I, I've got to go. I've got I to give. I've got to preach. I've got to tell. I've got to help. I've got to serve. I've got to do this. I've got to do that. But we need to stop sometimes and look in the mirror and make sure I'm good. Make sure I'm in love with God. Make sure my past isn't haunting me every time I look in the mirror. 
How many believe this morning that a lot of the singers in this world today, uh, you know, I can only imagine, is a great story because that man could have easily gone, as so many have before, to the secular world. And, and, And he is, or could have been today, one of those many, many, many people today that were raised in church, knew the Bible, loved God, knew God, but somewhere along the way, they they went the other way and began to sing through the talent God gave them for the devil instead of for God. Amen. So many. How many know so many today that are singing and that have gone on? I mean, you think about people like Elvis Presley. He, 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 He was raised in church, knew the word of God, sang about the word of God. You think about someone like Michael Jackson. These are people who, are, who have gone on and passed into eternity, but the songs they sang sometimes, you could just tell. I've always said my entire life, there's a certain song that is, I've always felt was so from God, it just wasn't for the right audience. And I think about that song that Michael Jackson wrote, Man in the Mirror. I'm asking you to look at the man in the mirror. He says, I'm asking him to change his ways. We cannot change the world until we change us. How many are with me this morning? We can't. We've got to get us right. I was looking at an old post. You know how the Facebook will show you memories. I was looking at an old post just a few days ago that I shared several years ago, and it talked about how you cannot have good horizontal relationships unless your vertical relationship is right. You cannot have that vertical relationship with God. Listen, I'm, I'm, I'm talking about something so serious this morning that it's going to affect not only you not loving other people, it's going to affect your love life with God. Because if you don't believe what God says about you, then you don't have the right vertical relationship with God. And if you don't have the right vertical relationship with God, you're not going to have the right thinking about yourself and you're never going to be able to touch anybody else. So it starts up there, and that's what we saw in the scriptures. He says, you love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. And we've, a lot of times we've got to get off. Now, this doesn't mean we take a sabbatical or we say, you know what, I'm, I, I'm just, I, can't, I can't talk to nobody, I can't witness, I can't do nothing because that's not what I'm saying. We've, got to, we've always got to be conscious of that. But we've got to make sure that our relationship with God is good. It's good. It's the best. And we're in love with God. And we're in love with his word. And we're in worship and we're praised. And, 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 and that's what was so powerful, again, about that movie is that boy, through all the pain he's growing up, he had that place he could go to with God. How many know you need to get to a place that you can go with God? When everything else is failing around you, it's just you and God. Come on, somebody. It's just you and God. you got to have that favorite song. you got to have that favorite place. you got to have that favorite verse. you got to have that place you can go that's a place of refuge, that you can get alone with God and say, God, I can't help nobody else in this world till you help me help myself. I'm asking you, Lord, to help the person that's in the mirror. Amen. Now, don't worry. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not worried about a lot of applause and a lot of amens because I know this is a message that's, that's doing some surgery right now. But how many know surgery, when it's done right, heals? And when it, when, it's, when it heals up, it's better than it was before. God's doing some surgery on some people right now because we got to get to where we know how to love ourselves. So he says, I'm the, I'm the chief sinner. That video that I've showed so many times is so powerful. I am Barabbas. 
I'm the one that sent Jesus to the cross. It has to get personal first because here's what we do. Watch this. Stay with me for a second. Here's what we do if we don't love ourselves. Here's what we do if we don't love ourselves. We hurt others. If you don't love yourself, you hurt others on purpose. You have self-inflicted wounds, and then you lash out at other people. And you lash out. Here's the crazy thing. Some of you are going to recognize this. Some of you aren't. I hope everybody does. If you can stand back and look at your life, you will realize that when people do not love themselves, they hurt the people who love them the most. It's crazy. The people who love them the most, who are there the most, who would support them the most, who are their greatest cheerleaders are the ones who get the lashes, are the ones who get the abusive words, are the ones who get all the pain until the day comes when those people walk away and say, I can't take the, the abuse anymore. Come on, somebody. It's all right. I don't, I don't need a lot of amens. I just need to know you're here. So when I don't love myself, I inflict self-inflicted wounds on myself, and I hurt everybody else around me. I put them through hell. I put them through pain. I put them through suffering because I'm mad at myself. I can't forgive myself. You have to forgive yourself this morning. But you do have to come to the realization, here's another problem. This church is full of people who have been delivered from all kinds of addictions, all kinds of alcoholism, all kinds of sexual perversion, all kinds of different. There's so many stories across this place and across our fellowship that of God's power to deliver somebody. But we all know this morning, except the one that needs the deliverance, we all know this morning that somebody in AA or NA or that needs help cannot get help until what? Until they admit they have a problem. And that's what the Holy Spirit does. But see, Paul, the reason he got saved is because he admitted he had a problem. He said, I am the chief sinner. I'm the one that needs it the most. Because what we do is we begin to, when we're self-inflicted, self-imposed, selfish, and not loving ourselves correctly, we begin to not only hurt other people, but we begin to talk about everybody else. We begin to hurt everybody else. We begin to think everybody else has got a problem. Come on, somebody. Have you ever known somebody that 10 people say there's the problem, but that person says the other 10 have the problem, and so all 10 people are wrong, but that one is right? Come on, somebody. That's what we do. We blame. We say, nah, this is your fault. This is your problem. You need to fix you. You need to fix you. And I love what my pastor taught me a whole bunch of years ago. I want you to put your hand up like this. Just do this with me. Point at me. Point at me. How many fingers are you pointing at me? How many fingers are pointing back at you? That's the problem. We're pointing our fingers at other people with three fingers pointing back at us. We are the problem. Say, I'm the problem. Come on, say it with me. There's healing in that. I'm the problem. I'm the chief sinner. I'm the one that needs help. Now, I know other people need help too, but I can't help other people until I get myself right. God wants us to see a harvest. God wants us to see lots of people saved. But we, we, it, it'd be like running around an emergency room, bleeding all over the place and asking those people, how can I help you? How can I help you? What can I, you know, someone's in there with a cough and you're bleeding all over the place. Say, hey, cover your cough. Cover your cough. 
That's what we do a lot of times. We know we're supposed to go. We know we're supposed to preach. We know we're supposed to witness. We know we're supposed to love God. We know we're supposed to love our neighbor. We know we're supposed to love our neighbor as ourselves. When we get to that, sometimes it's like as your, mm, I can't quite say that. I love you, God. And then we want to love our neighbors, but we can't. We want to love our neighbors, but we can't. Something's, something's stopping us. Go to Luke chapter uh, 8, if you were real quick with me. After, sorry, chapter 7. I'm just going to give you just a few more verses. Luke chapter 7. Verse 36. Give me an amen when you get there. Then one of the Pharisees asked him to eat with them, and he went to the Pharisee's house and sat down to eat. And behold, a woman in the city, watch this, who was a sinner. When she knew that Jesus sat at the table in the Pharisee's house, brought an alabaster flask of fragrant oil and stood at his feet behind him weeping. And she began to wash his feet with her tears and wiped them with the hair of her head. And she kissed his feet and anointed them with the fragrance of oil. And when the Pharisees who had invited him saw that he spoke to himself, he said, if this man who says he's a prophet would know who, who, of, who and what manner of woman this is who's touching him, she, for she is a sinner. And Jesus answered, knowing, and said, Simon, I have something to say to you. And she, he said, teacher, say it. He said there was a certain creditor who had two debtors. One owed 500 denarii and the other 50. And when they had nothing with which to repay, he freely forgave them both. Tell me, therefore, which of them will, will love him more? And Simon answered, I suppose the one who, who he forgave more. And he said, you have rightly judged. Now watch this. Then he turned to the woman and said Simon, to Simon, do you see this woman? I, I entered your house. And you gave me no water for my feet. But she has washed my feet with her tears and wiped them with the hair of her head. You gave me no kiss in that time of culture, meaning no greeting at the door, but this woman has not ceased to kiss my feet since the time I came in. You did not anoint my head with oil, but this woman has anointed my feet with fragrant oil. Now watch 47. Here's the key of the whole message. Therefore I say to you, her sins, which are many, are forgiven, for she loved much. But to whom little is forgiven the same loves little. This isn't a verse that talks about the amount of sins we've sinned. Because the Bible tells us only one, we only need one to go to hell. Just remember that. We're, we're so good at trying to, to measure up with other people. And, well, they're, they're worse than I am. She's worse than I am or he's worse than, or they did, they did this or they did that. The, the Bible tells us that one sin, all we need is one sin. And it be held against us, and we'll go to hell over it. Just one. So it doesn't matter who's the worst sinner. It matters who comes to grips with the fact that I am the chief sinner. I'm the worst sinner, and I need Jesus the most. I can't go tell anybody else they need Jesus when I need Jesus first. That was a good place to say amen. Amen. I can't tell, it goes back to the empty hand. I can't give somebody else Jesus if I don't have Jesus in me. I can't forgive somebody else if I can't forgive myself. 
right? We know we have to forgive. I know a lot of people, they come and say, why can't I forgive? Why can't I forgive? And I believe the reason they can't forgive is because they haven't forgiven themselves. You have to be able to say, God, I believe that your word says I'm forgiven. This woman is so awesome in the Bible because this woman had a revelation. She had a revelation. She came to Jesus and she had had a revelation on the way that this man can forgive my sins. And also, she had another revelation. She said to herself on the way, I'm, I, it doesn't say this, but I can tell you this was in her spirit. She says, I am going to forgive myself and I am going to start a new life. Because if you don't know the story, she was a prostitute. She was Mary Magdalene. And she's coming into this house with an alabaster box of the money, somebody stay with me, of the money that she had gained from her previous life. When she was on her way to that house to see Jesus, listen to this, she took that alabaster box, which was expensive. It signified her wealth in her job because that paid well. She was good at what she did. She was, she, 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 you can't buy that alabaster box without money. And she says, and on her way, and this is one of the reasons we have an altar call. This is one of the reasons if you ever watch any of the crusades Billy Graham did, he had them get out of their seats and come forward. This is one of the reasons that there's something about putting steps to our faith. That woman is walking, church, stay with me. This woman is walking to Jesus' house, where she, where, where, not the house that he was at, and she's walking with this alabaster box. And as she is walking, she is taking steps of faith. And every step she takes, she is saying to her spirit and to herself, every step I take is one step further away from my past. I am not going back to that place again. I'm going to take this alabaster box and I'm going to spend this whole thing that is my past earnings. I'm not keeping anything back. I'm going to spend this whole box on Jesus. And when I walk out of here, I'm already forgiven because I've forgiven myself. Jesus is going to forgive me as well. And then I'm going to go in the ministry and I'm going to serve God the rest of my life. I'm not going to let my past hurt me anymore. Come on, somebody. She took the whole box. She took all the oil. She took all the perfume. She laid it all at his feet. And she said, I don't want anything left. She, she's crying. As she's crying, she's repenting. And she's saying, I forgive myself. I forgive myself. I'm pouring it out. She probably took that box and went like this. Because I'm not taking this box back with me. Some of us need to get to an altar this morning and we need to repent to God and say, God, when I get up off this altar, I am not going to go back to the way I was before I came into this place. I'm not going to go back to the problem that I dragged into this house. I'm not going to go back to hating myself again. I'm going to believe what the word of God says over my life and I'm going to believe that I'm a new creation and I'm going to believe that God has a plan and a purpose for me. And watch this. Nothing is impossible with God. Come on, somebody. Nothing is impossible with God. There's nobody in this room he cannot change. There's nobody in this room he cannot transform. There's nobody in this room he cannot deliver. He is a God of power. And that woman, Mary Magdalene, she ends up being right there when everything happens in the rest of Jesus' life. She did not go back. She did not go back to her old ways. We see Jesus in the other story of the adulterous woman. Where are, your, where are your accusers? She's on her knees. She's waiting to be stoned. Where are your accusers? And then she looks up and sees none. 
See, when you have no accusers, you also have to make sure you're not accusing yourself. We are so good at condemning ourselves. Everybody else is forgiving you, but you can't forgive yourself. Amen. 1 John 4, 19 says this. We love God because he first loved us. I love God because he first loved me. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 4 and 5 says, But God, who is rich in mercy, listen to this, God, who is rich in mercy, because of his great love for us, even when we were dead because of our offenses, he made us alive together with the Messiah. By grace, you have been saved. Amen? You're dead this morning. Amen? I had a guy that I, that it's a basketball friend of mine, lives in Oklahoma, that I send verses to every day. He sent me a text this week, and it kind of threw me off. I, he said, I'm, I'm done. I want to quit. I, 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 I don't know what to do. I can't serve God no more. It was just a weird text. And, and, and I texted back probably something he wasn't expecting. I said, you can do that. Go ahead. But, but you're going to be miserable. And some of you heard me say that to you. Go ahead. You can go back. You can go back to your vomit. You can go back to the old ways. You can go back to the demons. It'll be seven times stronger. Go ahead. That's your choice. You have a choice. But if you're ready to throw in the towel, you better be ready for what's coming with that towel. Because the devil's waiting at the door for you. I said, I said, don't do that. I said, you can, but don't do that. I said, what are you going to go back to? And I made this statement. I said his name. I won't say his name. I said, the old man, and I put his name, he's dead. That old man you want to go back to, he's dead. So what are you going to do? How can you go back to a place of death? See, that's the problem, though. A lot of us don't realize if I'm really saved, my old man's dead. Dead. My sins are covered. That old man died. And, and, and I can go resurrect him, and God gives me that power to do it. But why would you want to resurrect that dead man when you have a new one living inside of you? Jesus Christ, amen. He's living inside of us right now. And the Bible says that that same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in us. And it will quicken this mortal body. That, I think that that's one of the reasons sometimes we can't get past ourselves is because we, we like, it's almost like, can you imagine dancing or hanging out or drinking coffee with a corpse every morning, not trying to be morbid? Why are you hanging out with your old self? That person's dead. What a weird picture that would be. Dead. Leave that dead person alone. Let that dead person go. Let that dead person be what he is and she is. Dead. Amen. You are a new creation. The Bible says all the sins you've ever done are gone as far as the east is from the west. Buried in the sea of forgetfulness, the Bible says. So you remember it, but God doesn't. As that woman is washing Jesus' feet, and she's probably mumbling, I'm so sorry for doing this, and I'm so sorry for doing that. Jesus is sitting there thinking, I don't even know what you're talking about. Because it's forgiven. Because it's forgiven. Because watch this. She, she, you know, remember, this is before Jesus. Okay? This is for, I'm sorry, before he went to the cross. But the idea that we have today is that as she's going with that box, and she's made that decision, I'm not going back. 
I'm not going to go back. And let me throw this in here real quick. A lot of us have some things we need to let go of. I'm going to say that again. You don't have to give me an amen. But listen, a lot of us have some things we need to let go of that have to do with our past. A lot of us need to ask the Lord this morning to erase from our minds those things that happened when we were kids that aren't good. And start to stop thinking about them. I want to remind you, the scripture says that the devil is the accuser of the brethren. And so he knows how to bring those things back up. Like I said, as soon as that video started and you heard parents and you heard broccoli and you heard that, that is, your mind went someplace. Your mind went someplace. And, and, and the devil tries to take you back there and he wants you to hang out there. But you, you don't live there anymore. Don't we do that as people? Now, there's a healthy side to it. But, you know, when you go back to a place where you were born, or you go back to a place that you lived, how many have ever noticed when you go back to that house, it doesn't look like, like it used to when you lived there? Come on, follow me here. Go back and visit the house you lived in when you were a child. You go back to the place. Some of you have it right here in Denton. I'm far away. I'm 1,000 miles away from where I grew up. And that's good sometimes, amen. But I'm far away from where I grew up. But if I, when I went back a few years ago and drove by that house, I didn't live there anymore. There were memories there, but that's not my house. Amen. I don't live there no more. Somebody get this. I don't live in that house no more. Some of us need to make sure we take up our new residence. Our new residence is a place of peace. Our new residence is a place of restoration. Our new residence is a place of hope. Our new residence is a place of joy. Our new residence is a place of, 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 of healing. Amen. Don't go back to that place of pain. Why torture yourself? Psalms 36, 7 says, how precious is your gracious, gracious love, God. Do you believe this morning that God's love is big, bigger than your sins, bigger than your mistakes, bigger than your problems, bigger than your sins? Let me, let me make a statement this morning. Watch this. I, 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 I pray this all the time when I go to preach. I say, God, I know there's a lot of needs that are going to be in this place this morning, and I can't fix them, but you can. Thank God this morning that this isn't just a pep talk. Come on, listen to me. This isn't just a pep talk. That might be the problem today with a lot of churches is that they're good motivational speakers. Praise God for the great talent that people have to speak. I don't depend on my speaking. I depend 100% on the next few minutes where I have given the gospel, I've given the word, and now I say, God, you're the one that has to change these people. And if somebody came in here this morning in big trouble, if somebody came in here this morning sick, if somebody came in here this morning on the verge of wanting to throw in the towel, if somebody came in here this morning on the verge of wanting to get divorced, if somebody came in here on the verge this morning of, of quitting their job, if somebody came in here this morning and has no peace and no hope and doesn't know what tomorrow holds, but they're here, I say, God, now you can do more in five minutes than I could do in a lifetime. And you have to believe that the right now, in this moment, God can change everything. 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 He can make everything right, right now, in this place at this time. Amen.
You got to believe that though. The only thing that hinders you right now from walking out of these doors changed and free is you. I can't change you. That's also, so it's, it's, it's an interesting thing. It's twofold. It's so hopeful, yet it's so sad. Because it, it's so hopeful, because if you'll make the decision right now to say, God, I, I've tried everything, but today I'm just going to be real with you. I'm just going to have the attitude. Watch this. I'm going to have the attitude of that woman because I cannot reiterate this again enough. She went into that house saying, I'm not taking, I'm not, I'm not keeping another alabaster box in my house to go back to. She said, I'm going all in. We need to have an all or nothing mentality. Some people haven't really seen breakthrough in their lives because they're still holding on to this world. This morning, you need to come to God and say, God, I'm not leaving nothing back. I'm all in. And this, listen, how can you fail going all in with God? How? You need to stop thinking, well, my parents failed me. My friends failed me. My spouses failed me. My, my friends failed me. You got to stop thinking like people. You got to start thinking about God, who's a big God. Who's, who the Bible says his mercies and his, his grace are, are, are gracious. His love is gracious. And, and his, he's a God who's rich in mercy. Rich. So he can change you right now. In a second. In an instant. But you got to have the attitude, when I walk out of this place, I'm not going to listen to the voice of the devil. Someone was texting me this week and saying they were going through some stuff. And I said, you're listening to the devil. You're listening to the wrong voice. Those things that you're hearing, those things that you're thinking are not God. Stop listening to the devil. We've got to get to a place where we know when God's speaking to us and when it's the enemy. Because this is how God speaks. God's always lifting us up. God's always healing us. God's always saying, we can, come on, let's go. Let's leave that behind. And the devil is always reminding you what you messed up on. The devil, the Bible says that he's the accuser of the brethren and the, and the father of all lies. And, and this is important too. It's, we forget Romans 8. It says there is now what? No condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. So why are you walking in condemnation? Why are you listening to the, to the enemy? Why are you listening even to those voices of maybe your past, of your parents, of friends or family? who told you you'd never amount to anything people who told you you'd never do anything stop listening to those voices and start listening to the voice of God that says while you were a sinner I died for you at your worst ugliest most horrible place in your life God loved you when no one else loved you God loved you let's bow our heads this morning please all over this place just bow your heads and close your eyes and just Allow the Holy Spirit right now to, to minister to you through the word that was just preached to you. I can't change you. I can't, I can't do anything for you this morning but offer you what Jesus can do. And he can do it in an instant. He can do it in an instant. Maybe you say, I've tried before. I've tried to leave my past. I've tried to make the right choices. I've tried, I've tried. I just keep making mistakes. Listen, say, that's, that's, that's the past. Today's going to be a new day. 
today's going to be a new day. Today is the first day of the beginning of my life. What are you, what are you going to listen to? God or the devil? Let's listen to God. And God says this morning, I love you with an everlasting love. I love you when nobody else loves you. You've got to get to a place this morning, church, where you're not listening to the voices of other people, but you're listening to the almighty voice of God alone. No one else, nothing else. What does God say about you? What does God want from you? What does God ask of you? All over this place this morning, I know through the Holy Spirit that he's spoken. I know that there's a desire in you right now to touch people's lives. You have a desire to touch other people. You want to help people. You want to serve. You, you have a giving heart, a loving heart. But the Bible's telling us this morning, you cannot love anybody until you love yourself the way God loves you. And that's what I want you to do this morning. I want you to accept that challenge from God and say, start loving yourself like I love you. So then you can love other people. So then when you go to extend your hand, your hand will be full and those people will want what's in your hand. They're not rejecting us. They're rejecting the fact that sometimes we don't have anything in our hand to give because we don't love ourselves. We don't forgive ourselves. We don't look past the, the things that God, the devil keeps putting in front of us, we got to look to the future and let the past go. How many this morning, as your heads are bowed and eyes are closed, you're listening to the voice of the Holy Spirit, you'd say this morning, I'm not saved. My name's not in the Lamb's book of life. If I died today, I don't know where I'd go. I don't know where I'd spend eternity. I don't know. But I want to know this morning, I want you to know that the Bible says, as I just quoted, while we were sinners, Christ died for us. Right now, you can say, Jesus, come into my life. Jesus, come into my heart. Jesus, give me a new beginning. Jesus, change me. This isn't about a church membership. This is not about a faith in Jesus. It's not about anything you can do. It's not about anything you can say. It's about believing in your heart, the Bible says, that Jesus Christ is Lord, that he paid a debt that you could never pay. That's why that woman was able to give everything to Jesus because she knew she could never pay for Jesus' love. So she said, God, I'm going to give you everything I have and I know in return you're going to give me what I need. If you're here this morning and, and you want to know you're saved, just raise your hand and put it up and put it right back down. I want to pray for you this morning. God bless you. God bless you. Come on, all over this place, God bless you. I'm not sure. If you have any doubts at all, make, make your heart right with God this morning. I want Jesus to come in and be Lord of my life this morning. I want to I give him everything. Maybe you're here. I'm going to move just in a little bit of a different direction. Maybe you're here, and, and this is speaking to you right now. This is the, God is touching your heart, and he's saying, I'm, I'm talking to you, son. I'm talking to you, daughter. I want to use you. But you've got to get past yourself. You've got to stop hating yourself. You've got to stop condemning yourself. You've got to stop believing those things that you did are still there. I forgot them. You confessed them to me. I don't remember them anymore. Let them go. No one's looking around. My eyes are closed. If that's you, put your hand up quickly and let God see it. I'm not looking. That's between you and God. 
You can put them down if you raised them. It's just saying, God, that's me. I, I don't want to be in that place anymore. Let's stand to our feet this morning. We're going to take just a few minutes. Listen, I want to challenge you. I don't use the minutes. I just open up the altar. I just usually open up the altar and, 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 and just let whatever happens happen. But this morning, I want to challenge you because I really believe what I said about that woman. I really believe there was an action to her forgiveness. If you think about the fact of that culture, she, everybody knew who she was. Everybody knew she was a prostitute. She had to walk through who knows how far of that city with that thing in her hand, which was basically saying, here's my money. And, and, and crying like crazy. You know she was crying. Weeping, crying. Probably, I, I wouldn't be surprised if she was talking out loud. I'm such a loser. I'm such a failure. I'm such a sinner. I'm so lost. I can't do anything right. I can't, I can't, she, who knows what she was saying. She's just crying out to God as she's walking through the city and everybody thinks she's crazy. She's just confirming what everybody already thinks. She's crazy. But as she's walking, listen, every step she takes, she's being, she's being forgiven. She's being forgiven because forgiveness is an act. It's an act. It's an act of obedience. I say, Jesus, I, 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 today, I know I've got some problems in my life, some things I, I keep holding on to. I've got to let go. You might be here this morning, and it's not that you're, you're sinning. It's not that you're living a sin life. It's that you're, you're, you're not obeying that command because you don't love yourself. And today, God wants you to love yourself in the right way, in the biblical way that I present it to you. So as we begin to sing, make that act. Make that move. Come, come like that woman did with the alabaster box and say, God, I'm coming to this altar this morning different than I ever have before. And when I get up from this altar, I'm not leaving this place the same way. I cannot change you. You cannot change me. But God can change you this morning. The altars are open this morning as we begin to sing this song.
Just talk to him, right? Just talk to him. Just talk to him. Be real with God. You don't have to say the right words. You're not, you, don't, you don't have to impress God. Just talk to him. Just talk to him. Just repent. Just say, God, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for, for not believing in myself. I'm, not, I'm sorry for not forgiving myself. I'm sorry for not accepting your love for me, God. Help me love myself so that I can love others, so that I can be the vessel that you want me to be. Help me, God. I cry out to you this morning. I lay it at this altar. I lay it at this altar. I lay it down this morning, God. I need you, Jesus. I need you, Jesus. I don't want to stay the same. I don't want to stay in this sin, God. I don't want to stay in this place. Forgive me right now. Forgive me right now. Change me right now. Lord, wash away all those chains, tears. Break those chains in my life this morning as I lay it down and as I lean on your amazing grace this morning, God. Oh, I know that God is doing something right now at this altar. I know that God is changing hearts right now. I know that God is restoring you right now. I know that God is removing burdens right now. I know that God is healing right now. Believe it. Believe it this morning. Believe it this morning. Believe it. Let that past go. Let that hatred for your parents go. Let that hatred for your brothers and sisters go. Let God love you. And you can love others the way God loves you this morning. Let it go. Nothing is impossible. Believe that right now. There's nothing that can't be forgiven right now. There's nothing that can't be changed right now. There's nothing that can't be wiped away right now. God is a big God. Nothing is impossible. Things can change in a moment, in an instant, in an instant right now. Yes, God. Yes, God. Yes, Jesus. Yes, God. Nothing is impossible. Nothing is impossible. like me.